Czech German Perspectives is brought to you by the Czech German Young Professionals Program. To find out more about the network, visit our Facebook page by searching CGYPP. You are listening to a new episode of Czech German Perspectives, a podcast featuring a variety of voices from both countries. Hi and welcome to my podcast. I'm Michal Svoboda and today we are going to visit a special place that everybody interested in a sustainable lifestyle should learn about. The Fab Lab. A place that connects makers, fosters creativity and promotes technical education, among others, by organizing public repair sessions. I will visit Fab Lab branch in Nuremberg, but there are nearly 2000 such workplaces all around the world. Fab Lab Nuremberg has about 180 members and I will talk to one of them. Sabrina Bohn with the FabLab spokesperson. Hello Sabrina, so could you tell our listeners what is the FabLab all about and what can the visitors do here? Okay, uh, FabLabs are open workspaces where people can do things on uh, their own. Nothing you can buy, something individual. It's a global movement. It started in Boston and um, the FabLab in Nuremberg Fürth is just nine years old. Members are able to come here when they want. Uh, on Saturdays, everybody can come in. We have open lab and you can use uh, the devices like 3D printers, laser cutters, plotter and do things you want to do. There is software on laptops. If you are not sure, if you are afraid to use these devices, you get the explanations you need. And that's all possible on Saturdays. How is the FabLab Finance? Do you receive any kind of funding? Sometimes a little bit. Some years ago, there was a company who sponsored us three years. But now there are some sponsoring, but not much, not each month. Our members pay each month some money, and that's important for the lab because we have also something to pay, like rent or power. There are also fab labs by Adidas or other companies, but I don't think there is a bridge, like in our club because there are the employees of the company and they don't go there in a free time. I know that one of your most prominent activities is the repair cafe, so could you tell me something more about it? We thought we should organize a repair cafe in our lab because we have the space, we have the people who can fix devices, who understand techniques and electronics and we have the tools to fix stuff and for seven years now we organize each two months a repair cafe. Wizards can come mm-hmm. with their broken devices like coffee machine or CD player or laptop and we support the visitors to fix their devices by themselves. That's the idea that we support them mm-hmm. and that we help and that we explain. But unfortunately, it's often that the visitors think we are something like a repair service. Right. That's not correct. 
the members of our club. They do this in their free time um, on Saturday. Um, <laughs> and everybody is here because he is interested in technical electronic stuff. Right. They are not paid. Right. The visitors who bring their devices, they pay the money they want and they are able to pay. That's not a fixed price. Repair coffees are also a global movement. It started in Netherlands and now all over Germany there are repair cafes. In each village, in each town, there are often old men with big experience and with know-how and they can fix each broken device. Okay, so what are the typical devices that people bring? Coffee machine or something, uh, some device for the kitchen or, yeah, laptop, CD player, radio, yeah. TVs are often pretty complicated. Sometimes the small device is much more complicated and needs time, two hours. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's typical. What kind of people do you usually attend your sessions? Are those ecologically thinking people or rather people lacking the resources to buy new things? I think most of our visitors think, why shall I remove it just because there is some tiny thing broken or they have also often a relationship <laughs> to the device. Uh, they have it uh, for 20 years, 30 years, and they say, no, I don't want to remove it. Ecological yeah. intention is, I think, not the priority. Many also say, I don't want to pay 50, 60 euros right. for repair service. Right. Then they pay in the repair cafe 20 or 30 euros. That's a little different. In our interview, we also talked about the European Green Deal adopted in March 2020, specifically about the action plan for the circular economy. According to this plan, single-use products should be restricted and the product placed on the EU market should be designed to last longer, be easier to reuse, repair and recycle. The official documents say applying circular economy measures has a potential to create about 700,000 new jobs within Europe by 2030. Sabrina, uh, how do you think about the plans of the EU? Do you think repairing things is a market opportunity? I think there is a market and I think there is a gap around repairing, but the problem is also there is a knowledge of older people. People of 30 years, they are not interested in things. Oh, it's broken, it doesn't work anymore, okay, it's waste. Uh, because most technical devices are too cheap. And then the device is cheaper than the repair service, and that's not logical. Uh, it's important that we change, especially Europeans, change their consumption, think about our shopping, mm. 
and just because my smartphone or what else is not the newest on market, I shouldn't remove it. And do you see some improvements in the repairability of the new electronic devices as being pushed by the EU already happening? No, no. Uh, we have we were in October in another room and had their repair cafe and there was a radio. Three members of our lab were focused on this device. Two hours or more. But it was so difficult to open it and right. to see where's the problem. Why right. doesn't it work? That can't be possible. Okay. And it's not 50 years old. It's 10 years old. Maximal 10 right. years old. And how do you feel about the future? Do you think this could change? It should be changed as soon as possible. But when we as customer say, I don't want to buy each two or three years a new thing, I want to have it for 10, 20 years, the companies must react. Mm -hmm. And there must be a pressure of the customers. Do you have some advice for a consumer about how to find a sustainable product that lasts longer? We have got the internet. You are able to inform yourself about each company in the world. You should be prepared to buy something a little bit more expensive. When you buy something cheap, you buy it two times because after one year it's broken or it doesn't work correctly or you are frustrated. Okay. Do you have some closing remarks, some message you'd want to share with our listeners? I think each city, each town needs a repair cafe and each city needs a fab lab, especially for kids, for teenagers, to do things, to create things, also to learn how can I fix my smartphone, my laptop, the coffee machine of my parents. I think that's a know-how what uh, younger people can learn and many older people can teach. Sabrina, uh, thanks a lot for talking to me and I wish you a lot of success with FabLab and for the future. You're welcome and kind regards from Nuremberg. <laughs> <laughs> If you like this podcast, you are welcome to listen to more podcasts on sustainability by my colleagues from this year's Czech, Germany and Professionals program on SoundCloud or Spotify. Thank you and goodbye.